0: welcome to the 25 yard line i am your host steve johnson i've got grant freeman here with me grant how are you doing and how did your weekend go
1: i'm doing well my weekend went all right uh i think i went three and four again but uh managed to manage to get my winless team a win this weekend uh on monday night against you for for oh, that matter man.
0: That was, you know, I felt like it was, I got my first win in that league because both of our teams are such a disaster of injuries Yep. that uh, I feel like I got my first win last week that I had to, I had to toss you one this week. You know? <laughs> had, to,
1: had to pay it forward.
0: <laughs> yeah, I went ahead and called all my players and said, you know what, don't, don't have too good of a game because Grant needs a
1: win here too. Yeah, I was a little worried there because um, he still had the go going. And sure. I knew I knew that I was, I, I was feeling that I was going to have to have at least a ten point lead mm-hmm. going into the going into the Cowboys Cardinals game to have a chance. Uh, w- uh, but uh, Christian Kirk, man, showing up uh, to, yeah, to give me give me my team a win in that league.
0: Yeah, what a great game for him. Well, I uh, I. I went 0-5, and, and it feels hard to say that out loud. I don't remember the last time I've had that bad of a week of fantasy football. But, oh, my gosh, my team's just decided across the board to not show up with the exception of, like, one or two players per team. I'd have, like, Kyler Murray put up crazy points, and then everyone else on that team yeah. put up, like, 10 or less.
1: Which is shocking because you went 5-0 and last week, didn't you?
0: I did. I did. So it all, it all comes back around, right?
1: Yep, exactly.
0: Well, coming up today on the show, we're going to talk about battling the bye weeks as we're heading into. We've already had a few significant bye weeks, but we're at that portion in the season now where we're going to be seeing key players uh, at home on vacation every single week of the season from, uh, from here until the fantasy playoffs. So it's important to be able to plan ahead and to look at our roster construction to make sure that these bye weeks don't take us out of the running. But before we get there, we've got a piece of news that broke this morning. ESPN's Adam Schefter tweeting out that Tua Tagovoy-Lola is their starting quarterback following their bye week next week. They've got their bye this week. When they come back next week, week eight, Tua is going to be the starter. Uh, does this have any fantasy implications?
1: Yeah, I think it does, uh, especially for your um, your Dolphins players, Um, guys like Preston Williams, Mike Mm Gusecki, Miles Gaskin, um, guys like that. I don't. They're bringing them in against the Rams, uh, which I think you're a little worried about. Poor Um, guy. Yeah, not going against that,
0: not that their defense has been
1: phenomenal.
0: No, but like his first start is going to be against Aaron Donald. Like, yeah,
1: on. yeah. Um, so I think you're you're worried there, um, but I think if you're in um, if you're in a deeper league, uh, he's definitely a guy to take a flyer on. Um, and hold on to because he's got a really good schedule towards the back end of the regular season and the fantasy playoff season. Um, so he definitely is an interesting uh, kind of guy to to hold on to uh, if you have an opportunity right. to get him.
0: Yeah, I would absolutely pick him up in maybe not in a 10 team redraft league, but in most leagues, if, especially if it's a deeper league, yeah. I would I'd at least pick him up. You look at what Ryan Fitzpatrick was able to do. Mm-hmm. And he was he was a top ten fantasy quarterback over his time as a starter. And you watched him; he he didn't look incredible. He played well, but yeah. he was able to be a top ten guy in that offense. I I think the the biggest concern that you would have with starting a rookie would be that you know he he may turn the ball over quite a bit. But Ryan Fitzpatrick threw seven interceptions so far this year, and. Even yeah. in those weeks where he was throwing multiple interceptions, he was still fantasy relevant in those weeks. So mm-hmm. Tua is definitely worth a bench slot. I'm not ready to slot him into my starting lineup yet, but no. I, I do think by the time he has that breakout game, you want to make yeah. sure he's already on your bench because you won't be able to get it yeah. at that point.
1: Yeah, and if you're looking at his schedule, um, you're, you're obviously not playing against the, the Rams, but maybe if you need a quarterback here in Week 9, they're playing against the Cardinals in Week 9 um once you get kind of later into the season, you got the Jets and the Bengals going right into the playoffs. I mean
0: right. definitely
1: if you're one of those people that's been kind of struggling with quarterbacks, running guys like Kirk Cousins um Joe Burrow every so often, um, where you're not really like where you're not really comfortable with your quarterback. Uh, definitely somebody that you could take a flyer on um, and he's got some good matchups down the road
0: absolutely so what we're saying is pick up Tua. don't start him yet but he's worth a bench spot use one of those waiver wire picks on him this week and and see what he can do well let's move on to our standout player of the week grant and i are each going to highlight a player that we think went above and beyond this past sunday that really impressed had a great game grant give me your standout player of the week for week six
1: yeah my guy's going to be ryan Tannehill. uh Quarterback for the Tennessee Titans, uh, thirty of forty-one for three hundred and sixty-four yards, four touchdowns, and only one interception. Uh, I mean, it's it's incredible that when you get players um, out from underneath the heel that is Adam Gase, uh, how well they perform. Um, sure. Ryan Tannehill, this uh, going back to last season, has looked really good and has been consistent. Um, consistent enough to be fantasy relevant um, on a week-to-week basis, um, and he he continues to continues to carry that Titans team. Uh, him and Derrick Henry are really doing a lot to keep them in games, um, and it's and and you can trust him in the fourth quarter to go down and try to get you try to get you points.
0: So where is Ryan Tannehill now with this game? He moved up kind of into that back end of of startable as a quarterback one I think he's I think he's like nine right now overall how how is he sitting looking forward as a weekly starter for you is he someone that you're going to trust moving forward or is he he more of a bi-week fill-in matchup dependent quarterback
1: I think he's somebody that you could trust going forward um honestly didn't look too impressive against Minnesota uh back in week three uh, but if you look at his schedule upcoming, outside of maybe the Steelers and the Bears over the next two weeks, um, yeah. he's got kind of a fantasy friendly, uh, fantasy friendly run for him. Um, got the Bengals in Week Eight, the Colts in Ten and Twelve. Um, obviously, the Colts are still kind of one of those top defenses, but I mean, Joe Burrow was able to really get things going against them, um, and you got to believe that the the Titans Titans offense is going to be more explosive than the Bengals offense is.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I think Tannehill's definitely one of those guys. If he's my quarterback going forward, I feel okay with it. I'm not trying to trade to get him. No, But I I feel okay with him moving forward. He's definitely going to be matchup dependent. I don't think I would start him against the Bears. I don't think I would be starting him this coming week up against Pittsburgh unless you really don't have another option. But he he had a great game this week. Uh, Overall, it was definitely helped by the fact that it was a high-scoring game with overtime. Yeah, But him and Derrick Henry both had phenomenal games. Derrick Henry broke off a 94-yard run. He, I saw this stat yesterday. I think he's the. I think he's the second. No, he's the fifth. I think he was the fifth NFL running back to have two 90-plus
1: yard runs in his career.
0: Yeah, and his career is is still young. He's still got a number of years left. Mm-hmm.
1: And and even in the even in the overtime, Ryan Tannehill didn't you, didn't get you a ton of points because I mean Derrick Henry. Basically, on that one run, got him in the got him within the in the 10 yard line. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, Tannehill, especially if you're looking towards the end of the season in fantasy playoffs, got the Browns, the Jaguars and the Lions, those defenses Mm -hmm. you can pass on. Um, So he's got definitely uh, some good matchups going forward.
0: Yeah, I don't love his regular season schedule. He's got some great matchups, but playoffs, you're, you're right, looks, looks pretty good. Even against Green Bay, they, they've been a great NFL team, but their defense has not impressed so fun. Yeah. So if you're starting him in the championship round against Green Bay and Houston, you're feeling pretty good about that. Mm-hmm. Well, my standout player of the week for this past weekend is Julio Jones. Uh, Julio's kind of had a quiet season up until now. Um, yep. He's still Julio. We can still trust him, mm-hmm. but I think that was definitely a question going forward. He had a great week one with, with 24.7 fantasy points in PPR scoring, Yeah, but then after that, he, he left the Dallas game early with an injury, came back week four against Green Bay and just didn't look great, and here we are this past week, 33.7 fantasy points. Mm-hmm. He, he got eight passes, was targeted 10 times, went for 137 yards and two touchdowns. Is Julio Jones back, or is this just one week in the midst of another injury-prone season for him?
1: I think he's back. I mean, part, you have to take it with a grain of salt because Dan Quinn finally was fired on Tuesday. Um, right. And so, obviously any team, just about any team after the head coach gets fired, comes out and is going to play play, play as best as they can to show, like, hey, this was the right decision. It was the coach's fault. Um, it wasn't ours. Yeah, exactly. Um, but, yeah, like, looking back at those kind of first few weeks, it seemed like Julio was not a focus of the offense. And then you get here to week five and, or week six, and he becomes a focus of the offense. And he's... He, even even one of those touchdowns, it was a broken play that Matt Ryan just kind of just tossed in the ball on fourth down just and he kind of lobbed the end zone. it over
0: to him. That <laughs> looked like a like a junior high flag football play. Exactly. He kind of just kind of rolled out to his left and plopped it up over his head, and then Julio just took it to the house.
1: Was about to go over the line of scrimmage, and then was like, "Oh, Julio's there. Let me just let me just."
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I agree with you. I think. Julio is worth starting still going forward. I know anyone who has him on their team drafted him way higher than he's been performing. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure he wasn't even started on a number of teams, given his yeah. performance over the, the past number of weeks this season. But I feel good starting him going forward. You're not worried about Detroit. You're not particularly worried about Carolina mm-hmm. or Denver. Up until the bye week, he's looking good. And even coming out, you know, week 17, they've got the Bucks which gives you a little yeah. bit of concern. But, you know, week 13, they've got the the Saints. Maybe Marshawn Lattimore will be kind of locked in on mm. him, but that's not even guaranteed. The Atlanta Falcons have not had a hard time moving the ball on offense mm. so far this season. So you're not worried about that. Their defense has been really what's been costing them. Yeah. So I, I do feel good about Julio going forward, and particularly this past week he had a phenomenal week. So good on you, Julio. Well, let's move on to our main topic of the show, how to battle the bye week. So we're going to look at a couple different elements here of how to handle NFL bye weeks when you're going to be missing players. Coming up this week, we have week seven. So you've got Indianapolis on a bye. Baltimore. So, you know, if you have Jonathan Taylor, you're going to be missing him. Miami's on a bye. Minnesota is on a bye. So Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson. Maybe you're starting Kirk Cousins. Hopefully not. But Dalvin Cook is another one of the big names you're going to be missing. And then, obviously, the Baltimore offense. If you're missing Lamar Jackson, mm-hmm. you're going to be looking for a number of players. And every week there's going to be some teams that just are fantasy-friendly offenses. Looking at week eight, the, the Arizona Cardinals, which have been pretty fantasy-friendly so far this year, especially with Kyler Murray. Um, he's going to be out. Yeah. You're going to be missing in week nine. You've got, you know, if you're starting, Joe Burrow, Cincinnati, Cleveland, Philadelphia. Joe Burrow,
1: Baker Mayfield, um, Jared Goff, uh, guys like that are all going to be out week nine.
0: So looking over the bye weeks, and I would encourage everyone to
1: really be aware of what
0: bye weeks are coming up, because there is nothing worse than being caught off guard and going to set your lineup on a Tuesday morning, a Wednesday morning. You know, Thursday morning, you go to set your lineup for the week and you realize that you're about two players short of a startable lineup. That's that's not a good feeling, and particularly if you're waiting until after waivers to realize that, you may have missed out on some of the good waiver wire pickups for that week. So look ahead at the NFL bye weeks that are coming up and start to plan ahead. And So that's what we're going to talk about a little bit today. So uh, one point that I want to make, about the best way to target bi-week fill-ins as we get into this discussion is that this is where matchups become extremely important. Yep. You and I talked a few weeks back when we did an episode on how to set your starting lineup. We talked about matchups mattering. And by matchups I mean what defense their your offensive players are playing against. If you're in a league with, with defenses, looking at what offenses those defenses are playing against. Where those matter on a week to week basis. But one of the points we made was, well, if Kyler Murray's your quarterback, you're not going to bench him just because he's up against the Steelers. You're still going to play him, Mm -hmm. maybe temper your expectations. But this is where matchups really start to matter, because some of the players that you're going to be looking for are players that are maybe fringe startable on a week-to-week basis. Maybe they're outside that running back two or three or wide receiver two or three range. But maybe they have a really, really juicy matchup. This Mm -hmm. is where that really comes into play because you may be in a situation where you're looking at two or three players that are all kind of in that category of like, yeah, they might go off. They might not, not particularly excited about them. And you're going to want to typically pick the player in that situation that has a really good matchup or the best chance to get a lot of touches yeah. against maybe a weaker defense. So let's talk about a few of those players that you want to just kind of keep your eye out for that you maybe want to have on your bench now, or if they're starting maybe as a flex for you now that you want to keep your eye on some of those matchups as we move through the bye weeks. Why don't you give me a couple of those players? For you?
1: Yeah. A couple of guys uh, that I'm kind of keeping an eye on uh, Austin Hooper tight end for the Cleveland Browns. He's looked good so far this season. Uh, Baker Mayfield likes throwing to him. Uh, There's a lot of opportunity for value, uh, for some good value and points there. Um, So definitely a guy that I think um, is a good kind of bi-week stash um, for you. Um, Another guy who probably is available in quite a lot of leagues, uh, A.J. Green. Um, Obviously, he's going to be one of those matchup guys um, that you keep an eye out for. Um, but I think with Joe Burrow has shown that he can throw the ball um, and he's not afraid to throw the ball. Um, and so he's definitely a guy that I think can have some good value depending on the matchup um, each week. Um, and with T Higgins kind of showing up, uh, kind of moving his way towards that wide receiver number one spot, surprisingly enough, AJ green may not be getting the, the number one corner uh, shadowing him, um, mm-hmm. on a daily basis on a day-to-day basis uh anymore um yeah, so he's AJ definitely Green's
0: super interesting here because he's not had a good year at all mm-hmm. and i think uh, his draft position his ownership percentage right now is a lot more based on his name but he looked a lot more like like aj Green yeah last week in Indianapolis. A- Eight receptions, 96 yards on 11 targets. Mm-hmm. Um, didn't catch a touchdown, but still put up a, a respectable 17.6 fantasy points. Uh, he, yeah. he is someone that gives me a little bit of concern, though, because it seems like matchups may not be the issue with him. Mm-hmm. He, he had a matchup against Philly, a matchup against Jacksonville, and did absolutely nothing. And then against Indianapolis, which has been a pretty good defense, he, he has a great game. Yeah, So I I am concerned about A.J. Green, but he he is a guy that I would look at. I agree with you on that.
1: Mm -hmm. Um, And then another guy um, who's actually surprisingly available in a lot of leagues, uh, Keelan Cole. Um, He's behind – well, he's the number one wide receiver in that Jacksonville offense. Um, And even though Jacksonville is terrible, they're still putting up points. Uh, fantasy relevant points. Um, you look at Keelan Cole this week: six catches, 143 yards. Um, going back um, so far this season, uh, he's been he's been one of Gardner Minshew's most targeted receivers, um, and it's just been a matter of he hasn't the the consistency is there. Uh, but if you're in a bye week, um, if you're stuck with needing some bye week um, help. Um, he's a guy who's only rostered in about 20% of leagues, um, so he's definitely out there for you.
0: Yeah, Keelan Cole is, I think, the perfect example of a player that we're talking about in this category. That he's Did you know he's a top-20 receiver and he's rostered in about 20% of leagues? Yep. Obviously, the stats, he, he got a little bit closer to that top-20 range because he had a 20-point game this past weekend, mm-hmm. but still 20% of leagues. His target share looks really good. He's gotten at least five targets in every game, and he hasn't been super touchdown dependent because he's getting a lot of targets. And, you know, he didn't even get a touchdown this past week, and he got 20 fantasy points. Mm -hmm. So you like seeing a guy like that. Again, he's not a guy that we're talking about starting over your typical wide receiver one or two. I'm not benching Terry McLaurin for him, for example. I'm not benching benching Allen Robinson for him. Yeah, but at the same time, he's a great guy to kind of dance between that flex spot and that bench spot. And as bye weeks are coming around, mm-hmm. I do think he belongs in a number of starting lineups.
1: Yeah, definitely.
0: Why don't you give me a couple more guys, and then I'll give you my list.
1: Yeah, a couple guys, um, Christian Kirk. Um, I'll talk about him later, but I think he's got a ton of value in that uh, in that. Uh, Cardinals offense as kind of their number three guy Um, and Kyler Murray is throwing the ball um, each week. It's kind of a different person. So I don't, I don't think you have any worry there. Um, If you're looking for kind of quarterback um, help uh, somebody who's been consistent so far um, as he's taken over um, would be uh, Kyle Allen. Um, He going forward the next couple of weeks, um, he's definitely got a uh, kind of good schedule um, to be able to get you through uh, some of these bye weeks um, If you're a guy with like Tyler Murray, um, Patrick Mahomes, um, Josh Allen, things like that, um, definitely a guy that I think you can, you can, you can keep an eye on uh, through for 30, 280 yards and two touchdowns uh, this week. Um, mm-hmm. And, he was also also was able to rush uh, for about uh, rush for about eight or nine yards too, um, so definitely somebody to keep an eye on. Um, and then my last guy, uh, Tim Patrick, uh, wide receiver for Denver Broncos. Um, it, besides Jerry Judy, there's not a whole lot in that passing game, um, right. And so he, Tim Patrick, has shown so far that he definitely can be trusted. Um, So he's definitely a guy um, that if you need for a plug in at any point in time, uh, somebody that I would think uh, you can kind of look for, um, especially with the injuries that are that are with there. Um, He had a caught caught four balls for 100, 100 yards, Um, I guess a pretty good New England pass defense as well. Mm -hmm. Um, And he's rostered in about 28 percent of leagues right now.
0: Yeah. Tim Patrick's another great pick here. I really like him. I feel like I spent the first half of the year kind of bouncing between all right who's going to be the number two receiver Mm -hmm. in this denver offense going into the season it it looked like jerry judy was going to be that number two but then of course sutton goes down early in the year jerry judy has to step into that wide receiver one role and you've Mm -hmm. got like tim patrick kj hamler all looking like who's going to step up and really take that number two role yeah and it looks like it is tim patrick He's got Mm -hmm. back-to-back weeks of 100-plus yards, seven or more targets. And not that you care a lot about the number two wide receiver in a Denver offense that hasn't really been super impressive. But again, going into bye weeks, to have a guy that is probably going to get consistent targets, that's what you really care about. Who are you going to get that has volume? Mm -hmm. You don't want to plan on the guy that maybe is going to break off an 80-yard touchdown because that could be... That could be anybody. Yeah. But to get a guy that has consistent volume on a week to week basis is great for a bi week fill-in. And Tim mm-hmm. Patrick's a great example of that. Yep. Um, I do agree with you. I like Kyle Allen's schedule a lot coming up. I want to see what he's going to do against Dallas. So mm-hmm. maybe pick him up this week if you really need a quarterback. I haven't seen him I haven't seen him do it yet. Yeah. You know, against the Giants he put up 16 points. The giants are a defense. You should be able to do more than 16 points again mm-hmm. against. Uh, but if he can score against Dallas, that's good. And then of course he has a bye week after that. He's got New York again. And from then on out, it's, it's gravy until week 13. Yeah. And then you're probably not starting him in the first round of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. But I mean, he's worth looking at. I'm not ready to start him yet, but I, I'm okay with him being a bench slot.
1: Yeah.
0: Well, let me give you a handful of players, and you can tell me who I'm wrong about. Um, David Montgomery is a guy that's going to get volume. He's the running back for the Chicago Bears, and he is not really impressed much this season. He's, he's currently at the back end of the top 20, but he's been a volume guy. With Tariq Cohen going down, he's getting a decent amount of volume. He's only scored one touchdown so far this year. They're using him in the passing game. They're using him in the running game. And he's getting a lot of touches. He's not a guy that you're, you're expecting to get a 25 to 30 point game from. But yeah. again, during the bye weeks, maybe you just need a guy who's going to come in and get you between 10 and 15 points. And I think David Montgomery is that guy that has enough volume that mm-hmm. you should be able to count on that on a week-to-week
1: basis. Yeah, definitely. And especially with Tariq Cohen now out, I think that he's going to have a lot more opportunity over the next few weeks.
0: And they they haven't signed anybody else. There was talk of Lamar Miller mm-hmm. maybe coming in there and starting for them. That didn't happen. They you know, Ryan Nall is their next running back. And if you're asking <laughs> who the heck is Ryan Nall, I think you're with a lot of people. And he's he's not competing for that starting job. They're using Cordero Patterson as Mm -hmm. as a running back in the backfield. And he's more of a utility player than a running back. So it's it's clear that David Montgomery's job is safe. I don't think he's a a superstar, but his job is safe. He's going to get touches going forward.
1: Mm -hmm. Uh,
0: Another guy that I'd look at is Antonio Gibson. He's in that category that I've I've got him in in one of my leagues and he's bounced between my bench and my starting spot on a week to week basis. And some weeks it's been really good. And some weeks it's been kind of okay, but yeah. he's, he's got five straight weeks now with right around 10 or more points. And, mm-hmm. you know, he's getting touches. They like him in that offense. He's, he's there running back one in an offense that doesn't run the ball super effectively, but they like him in the passing game too. Yeah. So I like Antonio Gibson there. Um, another one. I'm just gonna kind of throw through a couple quick names right here. Chase Edmonds. Uh, again, the Cardinals' offense is just been fantasy friendly. So even though he's behind Kenyon Drake, we've seen him have fantasy success, and he's he's in a role that that I I don't love the idea of starting him, but in a matchup that he looks like he may go off against against the Jets. He got 20 points against Carolina. He got 15. Otherwise, you know, you're taking a risk with him for sure, because you're, you're definitely looking at the possibility that he doesn't get the touches last night against, or I guess was that last night? Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Uh, last night against Dallas, he, uh, he, he didn't get a lot of touches because Kenyon Drake was running away with it. And I'll gloat mm-hmm. about that later in the show, but, but he didn't get a lot of touches, So you're taking a risk with him, but I like the possibility of Edmonds getting some touches. Uh, Cole Beasley's another guy for the bills offense mm-hmm. wide receiver. That Stefan Diggs is the clear number one there, but, but that offense is, is humming against all the teams it's playing against outside of Tennessee. So I like Cole Beasley. Yeah.
1: I think he put up about 14, 15 points this week, um, which on a, on a bye week, 14 15 points is a huge makes all the difference.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, getting 14 versus 3 or 4 from starting the backup running back on a team that doesn't get many touches. Yep. You you feel pretty okay with that. And he's a top 30 guy. So he he needs to be rostered in all leagues. He's still only rostered in about 40% of ESPN leagues, but he mm-hmm. he's worth at least slotting in and hanging on. They've got the Jets this week, so I <laughs> have no issue with slotting him in. There's if you're if you've got Justin Jefferson or Adam Thielen on a bye this coming week and you can get Cole Beasley and throw him in your lineup, I I feel really good about that.
1: Yeah, I do too. Uh,
0: last last couple ones from me, we talked about T Higgins earlier, but I I like T Higgins. He's not owned in enough leagues. He is not started mm-hmm. in enough leagues. He's still uh, he's still under sixty percent owned, and he's he's high end top thirty guy. He's getting targets. Yeah, he's getting volume. He's seen in every game he's played in since week two. He's gotten six or more targets in every game. This past mm-hmm. week, of course, went over a hundred yards. Um, he's a guy I feel good starting against a bad defense,
1: and and he's Joe Burrow's clear number one guy. He's the guy that Joe Burrow is looking for first when he's in a passing, when they're in a passing play. So T Higgins is, is, is becoming the number one guy in Cincinnati.
0: And he's got big playability. He had a 67 yard catch this past weekend. Mm -hmm. So we're, we're good with T Higgins. We're good with that. And then finally the last one, and this is super matchup dependent, but Marquise Brown, Hollywood Brown, as he goes by, um, Wide receiver mm-hmm. for the Baltimore Ravens. Their offense hasn't been super pass happy, but he's a top 30 guy that's seeing okay volume. He hasn't really scored much. He has one touchdown in week five, but he's he's yeah. getting six or more targets in every game. Uh, he's got a buy this week, and that's why I list him because there's a chance that someone who's real desperate may be dropping him in your league as he is rostered pretty highly. But um, mm-hmm. if someone may, may maybe is dropping him in your league because of his production not quite being what they want it to be, and they really need someone else on a on a bye week, he's someone I'd I'd pick up and feel comfortable starting on a week to week basis during the bye week. Mm-hmm.
1: So I got a I got a little thing for you. Um, Hit me. I'm, I'm watching. I got I got NFL Network on in the background, uh, just Sean. And if you are in a bye week situation where you've got two or three guys, mm-hmm. maybe who are one or two players that you would be comfortable dropping uh, oh, okay. to pick up some people. Because I'm 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 watching this right now, and they're talking about guys like Ty Hilton and Kirk Cousins um, being dropped, and even Tyler Higby um being dropped to pick up some players like this.
0: Kirk Cousins, I would absolutely drop. I, I think there's no reason to to keep him on your roster during the bye mm-hmm. weeks. He just hasn't yeah. been uh he hasn't been performing what he yeah. the way he I think he's it. only
1: had one I think this past week was his first game in five games where he had twenty plus fantasy points. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um I'm fine with Higby being dropped too. I mean, he's only had one good game this year. Tight end, I, I feel like you've got your top couple guys, and then it's mm-hmm. it's kind of a wash after that. Like I'm yeah. obviously not dropping Mark Andrews or Travis Kelsey or Darren Waller. Uh, after that, eh, like I'm fine mm-hmm. with it. There's some guys I'd want to hang on to, but if you really if you really need it, then I'm I'm fine with that. Um, gosh, a couple other players, I, I'm, I'm actually struggling with this in, in yeah. a league I'm in, I think I'm fine dropping JK Dobbins. If you really need to,
1: I think so too. Yeah. I've... I, I think that's great. Cause I think so far running backs in that, in that Baltimore, in that Baltimore offense, mm-hmm. I mean, it's. It's been just a wasteland there. Yeah, um, not, none of them have been able to be consistent. Um, go in in through the first few weeks here.
0: Sure, and I think Zach Moss is another guy. Uh, they drafted him, and it seemed like he was mm-hmm. poised to take the job from Devin Singletary. But Singletary, I think, has performed well enough to probably keep it. Yeah. So I am fine dropping him. Um, unfortunately, I would drop Ryan Fitzpatrick in all leagues. I mean, he's been I, a guy that has been yeah. pretty heavily rostered because he's been a top-10 quarterback, but they just named Tua the starter. There's obviously Tua does have an injury history, but mm-hmm. I, I don't know that you need to hang on to Ryan in Case, so I'd be perfectly yeah. comfortable dropping him.
1: Yeah, no, without a doubt.
0: Um, Are you ready for a crazy one? And this is, you know... I'm going to throw something crazy at you. Okay. This is this is emergency situation. You've got like four or five players on a bye that you cannot drop. Michael Gallup, are you okay dropping him?
1: I think so. Um, with – oh, my gosh. With how that – the big test was seeing how Andy Dalton was going to look in that offense last night, and I don't think – I don't think I trust anything in that Dallas Cowboys offense anymore uh, without Dak Prescott.
0: I trust um, I trust CeeDee Lamb just because it seems like Dalton has a connection with him. And I think Amari Cooper,
1: I would... I, I don't think you're starting Amari Cooper on a week-to-week basis I don't, anymore.
0: I don't think I am either, but I'm watching, especially through the bye weeks. Like, he's still... Yeah. He's still capable of getting open, even with how atrocious the Dallas offense looked last night. Amari Cooper got 20 fantasy points with that touchdown. Yeah. He got 10 targets, so I like Amari Cooper there. It seems like CeeDee Lamb is that clear-cut number two now that we all thought Michael Gallup was going to be. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm not saying drop Michael Gallup because I love his talent. I think he's a phenomenal player. I'm not saying yeah. go out and drop him just to pick up Chase Edmonds.
1: Um, Mm -hmm.
0: but I'm okay with it. If you have to. Yeah. I don't think it's a bad decision. If you just don't have another player you can drop. If you're deciding between dropping David Montgomery and Michael Gallup, I'd rather have Montgomery.
1: Yeah. No, I think, I think that's the right kind of move to make.
0: Yeah. Which is crazy. I was really high on Gallup going into the year and I I do hope he turns around because again, I love him Mm -hmm. as a player, but with Andy Dalton throwing on the ball, I trust Mike McCarthy's offense to produce three fantasy-relevant wide receivers. I don't know if I trust Andy Dalton to produce three fantasy-relevant wide receivers.
1: Yeah, that's for sure.
0: Well, let's move on. There's one more real quick thing we want to talk about before we get out of the bye weeks and move on to the rest of the show. But let's just really quickly, I know we are a long way off from drafting again. But let's just maybe in one or two minutes, what how do how do bye weeks come into your draft strategy?
1: Yeah, I think a lot of people forget that bye weeks exist when they're drafting. Um, what's nice is that if you're drafting on ESPN, as you're drafting these players. Instead of telling you as you as they're added to your little lineup on the sidebar, instead of telling you what their like projected stats are, they have your bye week ne- next to your player. Um, so you can see you can see who is what your bye weeks are, where you have the most bye weeks, things like that, um, and you can draft accordingly. Um, sometimes there's like we, we talk a lot about. Drafting the best player available. Sometimes the best player available isn't the guy who's right at the top of the list. Sometimes it's a guy six, seven names down who's got a bye week that fits with the rest of your schedule so that you're not having a lineup where four or five of your starting lineup guys end up with a bye on the same week.
0: Sure. And I know there's there's some strategies out there. One of them is the bye week suicide strategy where you just intentionally target players that all have the same mm-hmm. bye week and the method the reason behind that would be that you have 17 weeks in an NFL season a lot of leagues will play 16 yep. and one of those weeks you're just punting you're yep. you're going to have 12 players on a bye week you're going to be starting your your worst players you're start like you're you're starting i don't know maybe two wide receiver fours and a running back that It's three touches and you put up 28 points and just get steamrolled. (laughs) But the other 15 or 16 weeks of the season, you've got your starting roster and and you just get to roll through these teams that are being handicapped by two to three players being out. You've got your Mm -hmm. whole roster and you're just punting one week saying, I think I can win a, a, a big enough portion of the rest of them that I'm okay guaranteeing a loss on one of those weeks. I hate that strategy because I think you get so caught up in drafting based on bye week and not based on player talent that Uh the roster you're putting out the other 15 or 16 weeks isn't good enough to win 12 of those weeks. It's good enough to win eight of those weeks or five of those weeks. And you end up hunting on that one week and then going 500 with the rest of your games. And yeah. you miss playoffs anyway. Yep. And so obviously the other option is to strategically pick your players and spread out their bye week. So you're not drafting more than two players on any given bye week. And you're able to spread it out so that it's spread evenly among the season. You don't have any week where a large portion of your roster is missing. And honestly, like we've talked about this in the past. I think you and I disagree on this a little bit. I'm barely mm-hmm. looking at bye weeks when I'm draft best player available. Like if there's if there's yeah. a toss up between two players and I like both players equally and one of them corresponds with a number of bye weeks on my team and another one doesn't, like I'm looking at it, but yeah. that's that's very very rarely leading mm-hmm. to a decision that I'm making. I'm taking the best yeah. player available if I have two wide receivers with one bye week and there's another wide receiver still on the board at my pick that I absolutely love, I'm, I'm going to take that receiver.
1: Yeah, I think, I think, that's, I think that's, that's the case in a lot of people. Um, and, I, and, and again, it's all your personal drafting preference. Um, you, none of this is like we're saying, it's you have to do it. It's, a lot of times, it's just how you want to draft.
0: Yeah, I agree. Uh, we'll talk a lot more about that in the offseason, but we just wanted to touch on that a little bit before we move on with the rest of the show. So let's move on to our Sunday superstar and our waiver wire pickup segment. We're going to talk about one player that we think is not rostered in nearly enough leagues that you may be able to get a hold of in your league and a player that we think is going to go above and beyond this coming Sunday. So, Grant, why don't you give me a waiver wire pickup and your Sunday superstar?
1: Yeah, so my waiver-wire pickup this week is going to be Christian Kirk, uh, rostered in about 40 45% of ESPN leagues. Um, that
0: number's too low.
1: Yeah, it definitely is. Um, you can trust that any defense that the Arizona Cardinals are playing against, they're going to shadow DeAndre Hopkins, which means that Guys like Christian Kirk are going to have a lot more of an opportunity um, to be able to really uh, succeed and find find value um, in in that lineup. Um, and and again, we talked about it earlier. That Cardinals offense can store no matter can score no matter what. Um, so they, you're not worried about um, not them not producing at this point. Uh I had two catches for 86 yards and two touchdowns last week. Um so you're not you're not worried that about Kyler Murray not throwing it to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you look at the schedule coming up, they got the Seahawks this week. Oh, I love um, that matchup. the Seahawks. Seahawks have not looked good against the past so far. Uh they got the bye week in week eight, but then they come out of the bye. You get the Dolphins in the week nine Bills in week 10, Seahawks in week 11. That's a good, solid three-week stretch there, uh, three, four-week stretch there where you can get a lot of good value from Christian Kirk. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, I I like that pick. And again, we're not saying that Christian Kirk is now a weekly starter. He's just someone that needs to be rostered in a lot more leagues. Mm -hmm. I want to see his target share go up. He's not getting a lot of targets, but he's doing a lot with them. If that target share starts to creep up to where he's getting seven, eight targets a game, you start to feel really good about him. There's definitely a boomer bust element to him. He had three targets this past week, and two of them went for touchdowns, including that huge, what was it, like an 80-yard bomb that he caught? Yeah. It was it was crazy, but he's obviously a great player, and he's got a good chance to carve out a solid number two role in a really high-octane offense that's scoring a lot of points. Mm -hmm. Yeah. How about a Sunday superstar?
1: Yeah, Sunday superstar, um, you know... I think you can trust this guy, and he looks – he's performing it. Uh, A lot of the word out of Pittsburgh is that they're calling this guy Mapletron uh, (laughs) since he's Canadian. Um, But I'm going to go with Chase Claypool as my uh, Sunday superstar. Uh, They're playing against that Titans defense this week that really gave up a lot of passing yards to Deshaun Watson. Um, And so far, um, with Deontay Johnson out – um, with dealing with the injuries um, and Juju kind of looking as kind of the decoy slash slot guy, Chase Claypool is performing about where you would want him mm-hmm. to be performing, um, and and definitely somebody that I think you can trust um, and should be starting in your lineup until he until he uh, lets you down.
0: Yeah, obviously had a huge game two weeks ago but came back down to earth just a little bit, but still put up a solid game this past week uh, at home against Cleveland. Yeah. They're going on the road against Tennessee in a couple weeks, week nine, they've got Dallas followed by Cincinnati followed by Jacksonville. That's a stretch that you like to see. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I like him. I like him scoring points this week at Tennessee. I'm, i I like that pick. Yeah. I'd be starting chase Claypool if I had him in any of my teams.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So here's my waiver wire pick for the week. Um, uh, Give me Jamal Williams. And the reason I'm picking Jamal Williams, he's, a, he's the backup running back for the Green Bay Packers. We talked about handcuffs very, very early on in this show. You need to handcuff your stud running back. And Aaron Jones is a stud running back this year. Matt LaFleur seems to have finally yep. freed him. He, he didn't have a phenomenal mm-hmm. game. Uh, two weeks ago obviously they were uh, or last week he, he didn't have a phenomenal game they were on bye two weeks ago but Aaron Jones is a weekly starter for you if he goes down to injury which you never hope for but you always plan for if he goes down to injury Jamal Williams is instantly a weekly starter in your lineup Yeah, and he is rostered in barely any leagues which is insane to me mm-hmm. he needs to be owned if you have Aaron Jones Jamal Williams needs to be on your bench. He's rostered in only 35% of leagues. If Aaron Jones yeah. is rostered in 100% of leagues, that means Jamal Williams needs to be rostered in 100% of leagues. Yeah. And, I mean, he's gotten limited touches. He's not a guy you're starting while he's behind Aaron Jones, but he's shown that mm-hmm. when he gets touches that he can perform. Maybe not quite as highly as Aaron Jones, but he can perform. When he gets the ball, he, he does something with it. So when Aaron Jones goes down, you're going to feel good about starting Jamal Williams. We hope Aaron Jones is healthy all season and Jamal Williams just gets to sit your bench. But he's got Mm -hmm. to be at least rostered. And then I'm going to make one more note on the waiver wires that we talked about earlier. But I'm, I'm going to give one more shout out for Tua. At least roster him. Pick him up. He has the running capabilities that Ryan Fitzpatrick didn't. So there's always that higher ceiling uh, where where he may run it mm-hmm. in for a touchdown, which wasn't something you were super hopeful of with Ryan Fitzpatrick, unless it was a short little you know scramble or quarterback sneak. But Tua could have value. He may not. We need to see how he's going to look with the speed of the game in the NFL. We need to make sure he can stay healthy with his injury history. But by the time mm-hmm. we learn those things, if it's if he ends up looking good, you're not going to be able to get him. So pick him up now. Yeah. And finally. My Sunday superstar this week is going to be Ronald Jones II, the running back for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers.
1: I like that pick.
0: Like He's the guy now. They were talking all off yeah. season about how they wanted him to be their guy, and then they go out and sign Leonard Fournette. And I think the whole world, myself included, was thinking, well, maybe they don't like Ronald Jones mm-hmm. as much as we thought they did. And they keep saying they really like him, but – Maybe not. But as Fournette has been hurt, they're not doing anything to try to rush him back. And Ronald Jones has eight. He's averaging over five yards a carry. He's getting around 20 touches a game. And he's looked mm-hmm. awesome doing it. Like, I don't see yeah. any way Leonard Fournette comes back in and carves out a significant role. I'm sure he'll get some touches but I don't see any way that Ronald Jones is not their de facto go-to running back one Mm -hmm. going forward. And they've got Las Vegas this week who has not looked great against the run. They have struggled to stop running backs and Ronald Jones, I think is going to have a field day this Sunday night.
1: Yeah, I think prime
0: time under the bright lights in the brand new stadium in Las Vegas, man, he wants to look good. No doubt. No doubt. I think he's going to do it. All right. Well, we're we going to move on to a segment of the show that we, we introduced last week called our wager player of the week. And we get to this segment whenever Grant and I have a disagreement on a player last week, we, we put a bet in on Kenyon Drake that he would, by the end of the season, end up as a top 25 running back. I have missed a top 25 running back. Grant has him outside the top 25. Grant, how are you feeling about that bet coming into coming into Tuesday morning?
1: I mean, I should have, I should have known that they were playing the Cowboys this week and I, and I still made that bet, but again, it's the Cowboys. So I want to see what he can do against some better defenses uh before i really start yeah, to get worried i do
0: want to see that i don't think he's i think he just had his best game of the season but
1: i do feel good that he
0: he's still the starter in that offense and i i think he's gonna hang out at the top 25 so we had an argument about another player last week that we are we're gonna put a bet on this week so grant who uh yeah. who are we disagreeing about this week
1: you you for some reason don't think that Derek carr could be a uh be a top 15 uh quarterback um but I think he's he's got he's looked the consist more most consistent that he's looked so far um in any of the past three or four seasons um and he's he's putting up points which at the end of the day is what you need so I think Derek Carr uh, should be able to finish this season as a top 15. Uh, inside the top you 15. Know, I do think
0: consistency matters in the league, but I, I think it matters more what is consistent. If you were to put me under center, uh, I would be one of the more consistent quarterbacks in NFL history. I think I would consistently uh, produce sack fumbles. I think I would consistently throw it straight to the linebacker. I, I mean, I'd be Mr. Consistency back there. And I think I, I just think that more than that matters. I think Derek Carr has been consistently just okay and I am, I'm willing to, to put that to paper. So I am saying that Derek Carr is there. He's not going to be a top 15 quarterback this year. He's going to be 16 or lower. Absolutely.
1: And I think, and I think that you're crazy. And that he's going to be in the top 15 by the you end know, of the man, season. I'm
0: feeling really good because I think next week I might have to, I might have to <laughs> throw you an easy one. Like, I don't know. Maybe I'll, maybe next week I'll say Kyler Murray <laughs> won't be a top 30 quarterback or something. <laughs> because right now I'm sweeping you 2-0, and I, I feel like I feel like we've at least got to make this a competition.
1: Hey now, hey now. It's still it's only been one week since we made the first wager. You still got still got a lot and of weeks. Left I'm to
0: feeling go. really good about it. But that is all we have time for today. So we are gonna sign off. Thank you so much for swinging by the 25 yard line check us out on twitter at the 25 yard line engage with us on there if you have any questions at all anything to argue with us about shoot us an email at the 25 yard line at gmail.com and i hope you all have an awesome week start navigating these bye weeks effectively and win your matchups have an awesome week we will be back next tuesday and hope to see you then
1: good luck everybody